Welcome to Classroom Success 101 Podcast Show. I'm your host, Josh Roos, the Hardcore Behaviorist, and I'm here to help you overcome those problems you're experiencing every day. You're listening to a master audio class, so put your positive thinking caps on and get ready for another lesson on how to achieve greatness within your classroom. Welcome to another episode of Classroom Success 101. I'm your host, Josh Roos, and today we got a very special uh, Roseanne Moon. Um, she's coming to talk to us about what she currently does in school. Roseanne, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm great. It's a That's good. Time. That's good. Yep. What do you What do you do it? What What are you doing um, at school? What's your current role? Well, my current role is uh, I'm a special ed teacher here in Connecticut, Fairfield County, and I run the therapeutic learning program at my school, um, otherwise known as the TLC program. Okay, cool. I've actually, that that's new to me. I mean, I don't know. I I, I haven't really seen any of that. Uh, I've worked in. Uh, Explain more what that role um, particularly entails. Sure, sure. Yeah, we're really lucky to have um, this program in my district. Um, And this program kind of fell into my lap. Um, I was a special ed tutor in um, another one of my schools. um, And the teacher retired. And I was asked to basically start up a program um, for students who um, have emotional difficulties um, students who um, have challenges, academic behavior, um, and I worked pretty hard with with some of my colleagues to develop the program. Um, I have a wonderful principal and vice principal who helps support the program in the school that I'm in, gotcha. um, and it's it's basically students with um, IEPs um, okay, that just okay. need that extra um, special setting. Um, the, the typical pullout program or the adjusted program is what we call it in my district, you know, just wasn't enough. It wasn't specialized enough for, for these types of students. So um, at times we, we have meetings um, and, and they end up in, in my program. And, and I just think it's, gotcha. it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Okay. I take that back. Y'all just call your program a different name. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> We, we, I'm familiar with your program. Uh, we just call it a different name in our districts. I mean, I've, I've seen it called like past program, uh, which is like positive approaches, student success, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, we've called it on tracks or things on that nature. Um, so uh, what grade level are you doing right now? Um, well, it's fifth and sixth, and it, and it's funny that you mentioned about the the name because initially, um, it was it was called the behavior class, um, and I just you know cringed at that. <laughs> yeah. so we you know we brainstormed about having you know come up with a, a different name and um, something more appropriate, um, and 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 it really does entail the name therapeutic learning center. Really does entail what we do in the program. We have fifth and sixth grade students um we're in an i'm in an upper elementary school um and you know a lot of the approaches that we we have are therapy therapy based um sensory uh visual music all that good stuff um 
And so y'all are doing a lot of are y- y'all are doing some music therapy because that that's something that we have not tried or I've not really. I mean, if if I've seen it, it's just real little um, interventions within the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really had any kind of music therapist or any any kind of program that has guided that program uh, to 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 light in a school. So. What what are some things going on with the music therapy that you're seeing that are, are that are successful? So when I say music therapy, I, I I should clarify it is really unofficial, very informal okay. music therapy. Um, we play music in the background. Um, gotcha. From from the moment the students come in to the moment that they leave, um, we do have music as an option as a reinforcer. Um, I have had paras, para professionals who who have played instruments and they come in and, you know, have special days with the students to, to listen to their music and then to try out um, instruments. Um, we also have the, a gr- wonderful music teacher in the in the building and she does yeah. alternate music classes and sometimes she'll come into the programs Um we also have a lot of just sensory um, things in the room that the students can use. Um, and, and a lot of the times my students love music and they, and they love to create music or listen to it. And um, it, it's wonderful to see that it, that it helps with regulating their emotions, whether they're escalated mm-hmm. or just need that, you know, extra support in the background to help them through the day. Gotcha. So uh, let me ask you this. What got you into that role? Um, so I was a special ed teacher um, for many years before I had my my son, and then when I had when I, my son was born, I decided to take about a year off. And then uh, when he entered preschool, I was ready to to go back to work, but I didn't want to take on all of the responsibilities of a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. So I applied to be a, a special ed um, tutor. Gotcha. And so I was placed in a program at the time. It was called the behavior class, um, <laughs> as I said earlier. And um, I, I helped. I basically was in a para support role. Um, mm-hmm. And when that teacher retired, I wasn't quite ready to, you know, take on that complete teacher role again. But I fell in love with the kids. I fell in love with the program. Um, I fell in love with what I thought the program could develop into um, and how it might evolve if I was in charge. Um, so, I mean, I just took a leap of faith, I guess, and said, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> well, got you in that role. Um, yep. So are you currently the uh, only behavior staff on campus that your teachers can go to for advice? Or are you, um, is there like a behavior specialist that kind of helps out to the district? Um, you know, what, what, yep. what's what's the situation there? Yep. So um, we have three specialized programs in, in my school alone, and it's the therapeutic learning program. It's um, a life skills program. And it's also, we just newly developed this other program called the Alternate Learning Center. Uh, And all three of us have behavior backgrounds. So staff Mm -hmm. does, um, they do seek us out and ask for our help. But we also have um, a BCBA um, within district. And then under the BCBA, we have RBTs, registered behavior therapists that work in our classrooms. And they're, they're wonderful. 
Um, they're a huge help within our programs. And then in addition to that, we have counselors and um, social workers as, uh, as well as uh, our school psychologists that um, we basically work as a team and help one another out. Gotcha. So y'all actually have registered behavior technicians that, mm-hmm. that are assigned in different classes. So they, they, are they completely different from the, the para, you know, the para yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. th- those, those registered um, behavior technicians are what supervised by the BCBA. Correct. Correct. Okay. And they're, they're assigned to students based on an IEP decision. So okay. um, if, if it's warranted that, a student needs a, a specialized person with that behavior background to work with them, either one-to-one or shared support, then, then it's dictated in their, yeah. in their IEP. Yeah. We're really fortunate to have, to have the help we have. Yes, you are. Um, I mean, I, I know coming from the schools that I've seen and, and been involved in, um, I mean, we, you know, we never had a BCBA. We had to go to a school psychologist. But on top of that, you know, registered behavior technicians, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, I couldn't imagine that you, you seem like you're coming from a school with a lot of resources. Um, and, you know, that's some things that I, I try to push out there is just it's, it, you, you know, it's hard to be successful when your school districts don't have those type of resources um, for teachers to utilize. Absolutely. There has been some talk um, about um, not hiring these RBTs um, back next year. And we're all sort of at a loss, you know, thinking about having to, you know, work without them. Um, their, their alternative, the district's alternative is to train um, para professional support staff yeah. in the area of behavior Um which, you know, will be helpful, but nothing compares to someone who has that background and can come in and, and do it on their own, you know, without, without me stepping in as the special ed teacher at all times. So that's going to be tricky. And I can imagine, you know, how difficult that's going to be, or for, for districts that don't even have that and how difficult that is for special ed teachers. So yeah, um, just to reiterate, we're very, very lucky. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've seen schools that you know a lot of the behavior teachers that run those programs like you run in are are you know real new to the pro to the position. Uh, they don't have a lot of behavior um, background, um, and then on top of that, they, they get assigned paraeducators that don't have any behavior experience as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's in in the thing with it is. It's like I know those, um, you know, those teachers and paraeducators are trying, um, but you know, with that, you, when these kids are within the classroom, it's like they also need to have that expert advice coming from, you know, either you as a teacher or a behavior technician or a BC, mm-hmm. so that teachers, um, you know, don't hit that that ceiling where they just throw in the white towel because they don't, they don't know what else to do. They're just giving up. So, um, wow. I mean, that's, that's, you're actually the first person I've talked to that have had that much resources within a school system. And I'd hate to see that your school, your school district drops the behavior technicians. Um, I, I, I think that's probably a bad idea. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would say most 
and I hate to say it, but I think most decisions get based off of, um, you know, the budget. Absolutely. Yeah, so, I couldn't agree 100% more. And, and what better way to, you know, use the budget, exactly, <laughs> um, but to help exactly. facilitate um, yeah. any students behavioral challenges, um, yeah. and to support their students, the students needs, you know, I always say, um, academically, yes, the students struggle, but more so if the students are struggling behaviorally, emotionally, then you will never get to the academic. So in my in my eyes, the behavior piece is so much more important than the academic piece for any child, um, yeah. let alone a child with with um, with an IEP. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that's that's the tough thing to do. I mean, I, I, when you have that much support, it's it's going to be so much better for any kind of teacher that's working there um, that has kids within their their classrooms that receive those behavior support systems yeah um you know it, it's it's very different and, and i've seen it and I, I i'm I, i'm viewing a school right now that just they have the system in place they just don't have the right people and the right, um, you know, uh, knowledge to be able to guide teachers towards success. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like when teachers are struggling, they need answers and and they need the support from the, those experts mm-hmm. uh, so that they can encourage them to continue on with the the school year and, and actually see results within the classroom. Because you know, at the end of the day, when or when schools don't have that system in place, then, um, you know, that's when teachers tend to like give up on it and Mm -hmm. they get frustrated and and then it just ends up a long year and, you know, you're just constantly seeing kids out in the hallway and it's, it, it, it becomes a, uh, a system where, uh, we tend to just react. There's no, um, being proactive in that situation. It's just, you know, you get that call on the radio and you're you're going there just to um, talk to the kid or pull the kid out because the teacher's frustrated. You exactly. Know? So. I've, I've had to do that many a time. And not only is the classroom teacher frustrated, but then but then I become frustrated because I feel like, um, am I just putting out fires here? Am I? Yeah. You know? And then the child becomes frustrated because it's like, oh, here comes you know, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Roseanne. Yeah. You yeah. know, so, um, so yeah, so it, it is difficult to, to be proactive when you don't have that behavior support, um, yeah. and that planning time and that professional, um, coming in and, and helping you. And then, you know, not to mention there's, you know, data to collect and, yep. um, programs to create and behavior charts to, to make and manage, so, you know, yes, any good spirited, um, willing para would, 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 you know, do their best to, to fulfill that role, but it takes, as you know, years of training sometimes oh, um, yeah. and years of experience to really uh, get it right. Um, so, I mean, so, it's, uh, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, yeah. you're just not going to get it that first year or so. I, mm-hmm. it, when I was first involved in it, I, I, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you, 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 you do a lot of filling forward until, you know, you actually, and and I I had a podcast that I talked about just mentoring and coaching 
and usually and that was a great uh, one i just finished listening to oh, okay <laughs> thanks uh you know just being a having a great mentor mm -hmm. to uh you, you just collaborate with and get good ideas i mean even as a behavior person it's like coming in uh, and collaborating with a team of uh your you know like-minded behavior people mm -hmm. and sometimes it's like you know, you, you, you feel like you know what you should be doing on a, on a certain tough um, problem that you're trying to solve. Mm -hmm. and, and you're like, man, I just don't, you know, we tend to give up too. And then it's like somebody else that we collaborate with that has that same like-minded, um, you know, personality mm -hmm. uh, gives us that simple, simple solution. It's like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. That's, yeah. I didn't I think about that. About yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There are so many moments that the RBT and I share or the BCBA and I share um, where we, 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 that happens all the time. You know, we were discussing a student or a situation and somebody comes up with something fresh and new Mm -hmm. and we're like, you know, oh my gosh, I didn't think of that. Or yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot yeah. about that strategy or, you know, that idea. And um, it, it's just nice. It's nice to have. Yeah. And I love the way you, you put it, that like-minded, you know, behavior yeah. modification brain <laughs> yeah. um, to, to sit there and to, to collaborate with. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just even behavior charts, I, I love them. I, I, can create them myself i can sit with the rbt and we can bang one out right away and, um but then to share and explain one with an individual who's not behavior modification geared you know like that doesn't have that that behavior brain um it, it becomes difficult and you know it takes time um it takes even <laughs> some convincing, yeah. um, you know, with, with like a general ed teacher or with, with maybe just a general paraprofessional, you know, it really, and it's, it, it stinks because, you know, you know, it's going to work and you know that it re research shows that these strategies work, but then you have to convince somebody and it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's going to work. <laughs> it, it's a, you know, that's, that's one thing about, um, being a behavior teacher, behavior, you know, just working in behavior, you know, one of the biggest, I, I think one of the, well, I, I mean, one of the toughest things that we have to do is actually train and coach up the teacher mm -hmm. and try to get them to buy into, you know, the, the research based evidence mm -hmm. and, and the ideas that we're trying to present them um, mm -hmm. because, you know, they want that quick fix. And exactly. you know, unfortunately, you're just not going to get a quick fix. It's going it to take time. Yep. I mean, it, it's like going to the doctor. I mean, you, you, you know, there may be, they may give you some medication to, to heal. You're just not going to get healed within, you know, 20 minutes of, you know, taking the, the, the right solution that you're needed to um, get healed at that moment. So right. it takes training. It takes, yep. you know, physical therapy. Yeah. <laughs> it, takes, yeah. it takes time. And, um, you know, we, you mentioned, you know, having to convince or train your, your teachers, you know, and, and get them on your side. And, and also on top of that, you have to convince the parents and, oh, yeah. um, you know, guardians who are reaching out for help <laughs> who yeah. may not know the yeah. strategies or the behavior science behind it. So, you know, that takes time too. Um, one thing I, I wish 
our district did have is some sort of seminar or some sort of, you know, training for our, our parents and our guardians, because so many times I see or I hear parents saying, like, I just don't. I don't know what to do. Uh, not not yeah. for their kids' academics, because academically sometimes they're they're okay, but behaviorally, you know. And um, I hope to include that at some point in my program, um, if ever possible. But that that would be that would be something I say um, lacks um, for my district, and I'm sure for for many others. Just that that support at home yeah. uh, for those parents. I agree. I, I think, you know, I, 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 you know, I parent as well. And I, I think, you know, kids basically feel more comfortable at home and they're more likely to throw the biggest fit. Mm-hmm. At home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it goes back to that unconditional love. And it's just, um, you know, I, I think parents out there do have uh, tough times, um, you know, at home as well as, uh, seeing their students act up at school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, you know, trying to give them that those interventions so that they can uh, stop, you know, reinforcing some of the unwanted behaviors as much that they may not even know that they're reinforcing. Un- unintentionally, right? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's there. It, it, it definitely, I, I agree with you. I think there needs to be more parent training, um, I also think there needs to be more teacher training. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I think most of what I see is they just we they don't spend a whole lot of time with professional development. Um, you know, at the at the very get go of the school. Um, so I, I mean, I don't know how you're over where you're at is like, but you know, here in Texas, it just seems like, um, you know we they they do their professional development and they spend you know maybe a week in in the library getting all together before they end up starting start you know their classes and they really just go over everything and anything yeah. uh, but i don't know i mean it, it's 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 we'll see what the the future um brings i, I know i think analyzing a lot i know especially in texas we're having having a uh, huge number of uh teachers leave the industry which is is crazy to think because um you know i don't know what's going to happen for the the next years to come i don't know how that is up at, at your, yeah, at your same, area. same here in connecticut and, and just the the tri-state area in general and i think na- nationwide um mm-hmm. you know we're just seeing a, a an overall rise in, in teachers leaving the professional it's, and it's very yeah. sad. And yeah. it used to be that teachers were leaving because of financial, you know, burdens, but now it's become more and more where they, you know, don't feel supported and, you know, yeah. they're feeling um, drained or emotionally or not, you know, they're, they're, they can't, they can't take on all the responsibilities of what these students um, need. Yeah. Um, and ever since the pandemic too, I, I think that has been a huge push um, where teachers are leaving the industry as well, just because students now are coming to school with even more need, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. social, emotional. And um, yeah. now we are then expected to teach uh, social emotional learning and that's and that's hard because you've got the curriculum to cover and now you have 
social emotional learning where it used to be, you know, the school psychologists and the counselors and, and maybe like specialized programs like mine, but now it's, it's expected of, of all teachers to include yeah. that in, in their, um, in their day. And it's too much. It's yeah. too much. Yeah. I, I think superintendents, uh, you know, or school wide leaders are going to have to start thinking outside the box. Um, you know, when it comes to, um, what's happening next in education. I think the pandemic basically was the disruption in education that we never thought would happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I know when we went into, you know, uh, lockdown, our schools weren't prepared for online uh, education. Um, So there's a lot of, like you said, there was, you know, a lot of not learning, um, I believe kids, we, before we left for the pandemic, the kids that were on the fence um, of where they were either struggling behaviorally or academically, uh, they were on that. They may go into uh, receiving special education support or we can you know, provide enough intervention to boost them um, back into the general education supports um, that they completely um, came back and, and they, they lost a lot of academic time. They lost, um, a lot of social emotional, um, you know, they, they degrade or they, 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 you know, basically came back and didn't have what they needed. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of, I think a lot of extra teaching and, and supports that need to happen. And I just don't know if, if, uh, you know, with the old school method of education, I don't know if that we're, we're going to be able to, to provide that. I think we, we have to completely think out of the box mm-hmm. and, you know, yes, I absolutely agree with that. And, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, their social emotional learning and, you know, even their social skills, you know, we see that they, they've come back from the pandemic and, socially it's it's very difficult for them to work in groups you know physical present groups um, because they were so used to being in front of a screen for so long and then um, you know even before the pandemic right we had students go home after school and sit on their xbox or their you know gaming system for hours and hours on end and not playing outside with their with their neighbors um so now they're expected to come back and, and work um, and, and agree and disagree um, respectfully yeah. <laughs> uh, and appropriately. And um, I think especially for teachers who have been teaching for so long, we, you, they have that mentality um, of, well, they should know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. they, they, why are they not? Why are they not acting appropriately? Why aren't they responding to one another? You know, we had a a huge problem with even students like looking at each other, you know, face to face, eye contact, you know, nodding, you know, things like that. And um, it it just comes down to at this point, like having to teach them how to do that Um, and not just like with, you know, not with their siblings or their family members, but with other people in their community. Um, And that, again, it takes time and then oh, yeah. now we're taking that time away from academics and this the superintendents and the administration don't like that either you know they do they do speak of how important it is to teach social emotional but at the same time they're pushing 
you know, curriculum and, and um, scores and things like that. Um, one of the biggest problems I think I had coming back from the pandemic was um, right away we're we're taking the state tests and we're yeah. taking the and it was like, whoa, you know, uh, give us some time here. We we are not ready for that. And, yeah. and you're you're telling us how important you think social emotional learning is. But at the same time, you're putting, you know, state testing as as priority. So that was very, very difficult. Um, and I'm sure it was very difficult for all the all teachers out there. But um, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. And, and then to see the kids struggle on those state tests, we're doing that currently. You know, that always breaks my heart. And, um, you know, it's it's, it's yeah. not right. <laughs> Yeah, we, we're we're doing the same thing, and I know a lot of teachers are upset about that as well. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in you know when kids left um, for the 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 shutdowns, you know whatever grade they were in, for example, you know a second grader left, and they come back a fourth grader. Well, you know academically and socially, they may still be at that second grade level. You mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. um, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, definitely, I don't think nobody was prepared for, and we're slowly trying to work through it. But I, I definitely think, um, you know, I'm hoping next year with this nationwide of teachers just kind of leaving the industry, um, you know, maybe, maybe we'll start seeing some some different changes. Um, but I'm a firm believer education is going to have to change, and I think we're going to have to start throwing new ideas in there that are um, outside the box of what tradition what education traditionally looked like for what a hundred and some odd years. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Absolutely. Um, we we're starting to see some, you know, changes with, with our teaching styles in, in our school. Um, you know, and I think teachers have, are, are convinced now that, we need to do well I can't speak for all teachers but I the teachers that I work with um you know we have to do what we feel is important and what's best for our kids before before any academics can be done and and those are things such as you know taking the kids outside getting outdoors teaching them what we can outdoors and about nature and life and um you know breathing in that fresh air um, playing socially with with their friends and their classmates um social emotional learning it it encompasses every aspect of their day um you know we've we've also tried to you know look at that google we use google classroom um, Mm -hmm. google suite in our in our district and um for so long during the pandemic that's all we used for our teaching and we find that some of our kids really liked it you know especially those kids who who may have that emotional disability or those who socially are um have challenges um because of their disability and and we kind of embraced it okay so they did really well during you know just to spin it kind of on the positive side they did really well during the pandemic with google classroom so now we're using it to to their advantage and and doing some academics in that way where they're on there virtually or they're doing assignments um digitally um, more so than we've ever done um, yeah. health and safety you know we're we're maskless i don't know about there in texas but he, here in connecticut um masks are optional um but we're still teaching them about 
health and safety and cleansiness, cleansiness and just yeah. everything that goes around um, with that. Um, yeah. And, and that's, you know, something as a life skill to, to have um, and now carry through through it for their for their lifetime so hopefully the pandemic has taught us something yeah <laughs> taught us a lot yeah. but, but yeah. definitely um you know socially and, and health wise um and just being able to enjoy the outdoors and being around um the people that we love um and being social with them yeah i think that teachers really have have again in in my in my school and the teachers i work with have have learned that and have really truly thought that that was the most important is the most important thing before academics well roseanne you stated a lot of knowledge bombs today um i really appreciate it um so let me leave you with this if you had one piece of advice that you would give teachers what is one thing that you would want them to know um only one thing (laughs) Um, you can go with two or three if you want (laughs) Well, I thank you so much for for talking with me. But, I, you know, I have to say if I could leave teachers with anything, it would be to develop a rapport with their with their students. Number one from the get go. Um, and then and only then will they be able to introduce and teach classroom and school expectations. And those expectations always should be clear. Um, for those students, they need to be retaught regularly um, and just be consistent yet flexible. Um, yep. You know, I know in my field, consistency in the, in the behavior world, consistency is, is almost number one. Um, but at the same time, our kids, our students are human beings and, and they have their ups and downs and they have their moments. And sometimes we have to be flexible as well. So um, that, that's what I would I would say is number one some awesome advice all right just teachers out there you you have to build that relationship with your kids for show notes make sure you check out our website hardcorebehaviors.com you can also follow me on instagram facebook spotify twitter youtube and linkedin Just a reminder, I'm always looking for unique personalities and inspiring educational stories for the podcast show. If you or someone you know might be interested in joining me on air, fill out the form at hardcorebehaviors.com under the tab Be On My Podcast. As always, I appreciate you listening to the latest episode of Classroom Success 101. If you like what you heard, make sure you rate me and leave a comment on your favorite podcast platform.